Well, welcome everyone to Ecclesia United. My name is Anthony Richardson. I'm the founder and I'm the president of Ecclesia United. I want to thank you so much um, for joining us in this podcast uh, installment. Um, it's been a while since we've been on, um, so I just wanted to um, just acknowledge that. But um, for those of you who are new to us, there's a reason um, for there being a non-frequent uh, cadence, if you will, in the release of our podcast, because uh, what we are attempting to do here at Ecclesia United is to follow uh, the Holy Spirit in um, what we release and how we release it and when we release it uh, as we're inspired. Uh, and so interesting enough, our conversation today is going to talk about inspiration. Um, and I think it'll bring a little more context um, to uh, how we flow uh, at Ecclesia United. I think it's really, really, really important, uh, especially in this day and in this time and in this age, that we are following a true source uh, to a destination. Um, so uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, one of the, we, we were talk about uh, defined paths uh, in this in this installment and how uh, inspiration and journey uh, go together. Um, and so I probably will title this or the title of this would be something along the lines of, you know, the inspired journey or something like that. But uh, we'll get into that in, in just a moment. Also, for our new listeners, um, just know that um, what, what we release in these uh podcast installments are not scripted. Um, so I'm not sitting here reading a script um, that has been wrote out. Uh, again, that the, the purpose of that is to be uh, free to flow as the Holy Spirit is moving in the midst of us. And so I think that's very important to move in that flow. That flow is a source of truth and that truth is what we're trying to uh, disseminate out into the public realm and not um, uh, a scripted, polished artifact. I want you to I want to also show that even in our imperfections as humans, uh, the perfection of the Holy Spirit is what enables us to be uh, who we are uh, and to carry out the assignments and the tasks that we have uh, as believers in Jesus Christ. So um, just want to uh, just acknowledge that uh, and, and, and just kind of give you an, an, an overview for those of our, our, our new listeners. Uh, just give you an overview of what we do here at Ecclesia United. And I would implore you as well as to our new listeners to go back and just kind of, I think, I, I forget what the first installment was we did way back but it does give a good outline about who we are what we're trying to do at Ecclesia United what we believe our purpose is uh, and we're just trying to flow in that uh, for those of you who have listened or regular listeners and been continual consumers if you will and consuming the content in this podcast library welcome back uh, here's another installment um, uh, for your edification and mine in that sense uh, I've been perusing and in, in my head um, over, I don't know, uh, maybe the last couple of weeks or so, um, and what generally, um, happens with me is I, I find myself pondering words. Uh, I really love words. I love them. I think they're super important. I talk about words quite a bit in these podcasts. I think, uh, that's a aspect of our daily lives that I think, uh, gets, uh, overlooked the power of the words that you speak 
um, out of your mouth, those things that you say, how those things that you speak out of your mouth and what you say frame the atmosphere in which you live. Um, it also shapes, I think, the context in which you understand things, the words, the definitions of words. Uh, and then also I should go on to say that the the morphing in the definitions of terms um, actually uh, and then the, and then also the context in which those morphed terms are then used in uh, alters um, the, the the definition or the true text or not text but the true definition of what what a particular word may mean and we'll we'll go through that uh, as you'll see when we bring out uh, the couple words that we're going to talk about in this installment today uh, which those two words we're going to talk about is inspiration and the other word is journey now there is another podcast installment in our library I was kind of looking at some of the recordings um, that, that I'd done in the past and I think there's one that talks about uh, inspiration and purpose the wonder twins i would implore you uh if you haven't listened to that as a new listener go back and listen to that and if you have listened to it as a as a um as a previous listener to our uh, to our to our content i would say go back to that i don't think you can listen to these enough uh to to um to exhaust i guess the need to not listen to it again i think there is so much that you can learn each time you come back to it um, uh, do in different times and different seasons which you're in but all of that really to kind of circle back to the fact that we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the etymology of these two words uh, and I think that level sets or brings back into purview the original intent and original context of a word uh, and what it was truly meant for what it meant and not uh, and, and reset our minds, if you will, around what we have, um, I guess, coalesced around in terms of definitions and terms about particular words and what they what they mean to us now versus what they originally meant. I think it's important to get back to the source and what things originally meant um, versus what they've morphed into meaning now, because the original intent and the original version and original definitions of terms it's what they actually still mean today no matter if you have changed that and i think what what brings what brings um what, the, the reason why i think it's important to go back to that original intent is because then you get the ethos and the truth the verity the the, the substance behind a word and not the diluted version of a word it's almost as if you were to take um you know, a cleaning agent, if you will, and and you know, take it at its true source and and and, and in its in its concentrated value, you've got maximum power of that cleaning agent that you're able to use versus the diluted version um, of it. Now, in that same breath, that 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 pure concentrated version can be dangerous if used incorrectly, um, and so I think that's all the reason why we have to study. Um, what words mean kind of go back to original intent original versions original uh, um, definitions etymology look at those things to understand what we're talking about so without further ado I want to kind of talk about um, a couple of things we'll weave in uh, scriptures um, uh, that will that that goes along there's a lot that we'll probably talk about I'm not quite sure how long this podcast will be 
Uh, I'm not concerned about the time. What I am concerned about is the content and following uh, uh, more, more, more so concerned with following the flow of the Holy Spirit as we go along um, so that we're saying the right things at the right time in the right way um, to get the impact that I believe that, uh, that, that these podcast installments are designed to do. So, I brought up a couple words earlier. Um, it, if, if you if you recall, one of them was inspiration. The other one was journey. So I think I want to start off with kind of uh, defining, defining, defining. See, these are not scripted. Okay, so you'll hear all the flaws that we'll have as human beings, um, but uh, the Holy Spirit enables us to be able to operate in perfection in what we do. Uh, so it comes out in the way it needs to come out to give the impact that it would give to the people who would listen. Uh, so uh, I, I want to go back. I want to define uh, uh, inspiration um, and, and start there with that insp- with that definition, I should say, of inspiration. Then we'll talk about journey and what that definition is. And then we'll have a conversation uh, and, uh, centered around those two words. Um so inspiration, the word inspiration is a two-part word. Um, the first part of that word is the I-N, the original, uh, some of the, uh, I guess I should say past, um, uh, the evolution of the term, the evolution of the word actually evolved from the, the original original spelling of E-N, uh, and that is involved into now what we see it and we spell it in our English vernacular. It, 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 we started off with I N, but E N I N, same same thing. Uh, but it but it means but it means into. So the I N the E N part or the I N part of inspiration it means into. Now the spiration part of the word uh, comes from a word I believe it's pronounced spirare. Um, uh, so the spiration or spirare, that part of the word actually means to breathe. So I-N means into, and spirare or spiration means to breathe. So inspiration is something that's breathed into. Now, um, uh, as a Bible scholar, as I was studying that word, uh, the immediate um thing that came to mind when I thought about that to breathe into or to breathe into or to into breathe into breathe inspiration into breathe um, I immediately thought about um, from a historical context and from our from our Bible um, a, a time in the Bible where I saw somebody breathe into and that happens in the very beginning, when God creates man, he, he, he says, let us make man in our image. And he creates man from the dust of the ground. Um, and then God breathes into man the breath of life. That breathing into is inspiration. Now, uh, that that's that and that continual inspiration continually uh, moves forward with the progression of time and the uh, procreation of mankind. Um, so, so, so from that inspired breath or inspiration uh, that, that Adam received in the very beginning, that breath continues on because in, in the off, offspring of Adam and Eve and their offspring, uh, 
that that they that offspring comes out with breath, but that breath is a derivative of the breath that was breathed into Adam. Okay, so so that is to say that same breath it that was breathed into Adam is the breath that starts life for others that are offsprings of Adam, and so being that Adam is is the first person created. Uh, and, and the only person created from that in that context, in that way in which God himself reached down into into the clay and formed man with his own hands and then breathed into man the breath of life. Uh, that same consistent breath is what's continually perpetuated down through the generations. But if you roll that all back up from present day now and you roll up the fact you know I'm 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 a I'm a derivative of my mom and dad and then my mom and dad are derivatives of their moms and dads and if you continue to roll each one of us all the way back up through that hierarchy family tree however you want to call it say it we will eventually get back to this one man Adam who was breathed into uh, the breath of life was breathed into him. And so that's, that's inspiration. And so as we live out our lives, we have these inspired thoughts and these inspired thoughts are, are coming from the breath of life or who, 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 is the, who is the source of that breath of life that is God. And so these inspired thoughts, those positive inspired thoughts, because God is not the author of evil, but those inspired positive thoughts that come are inspired positive thoughts that are coming from God. Okay. And so as we, as we live out and we have those inspired thoughts, uh, I think it's important to pay attention to those because the second word that I want to bring, I want to bring to your attention is the word journey. Now, now the word journey, as, as we would think about it in our Western context in this American civilization or in this day and time, not necessarily American so much so, uh, as it is really just this day and time, if we were to look at journey, when we hear the, the, the word journey used in the context in which we hear it used in, it often connotes that we're on, that it's something aimless, it's not, um, it's not specific, it's just something random, uh, a journey is just, uh, just something you're just kind of on, I'm on a journey, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm on a journey. That, that's the way it kind of comes off. Uh, and, and I'm challenging the thought process on that, process on that because when, when you study out the word journey, what you will see is that a journey is actually a defined path. And so the fact that it is a defined path uh, alludes to the fact that there is specificity. There's something specific about this defined path. There was thought that went into this defined path because it can't be a defined path if there was no definition set. The definitions set the boundaries. The boundaries set the borders and the, and the path itself. The, the, the boundary says it's this and not that. The boundaries of a road, if you will, to say, hey, the, 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 you know, the curb or the lines in the in the lanes and the highway set the boundary uh, or, or the context in which the vehicle can drive within. Now, you can change lanes, but the safe passage across a roadway is set within bounds of a defined lane that defines the journey or the path 
that 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 or, or, or that a car can take when traversing that road. Okay, so in like manner, a journey as it relates to life in that sense is that there is a defined path, and that path has a context that has thought that has gone into it. And so now, what I want what I want to bring to your attention is is when it, when it's when I speak of there's a thought that goes into this journey. There there is a thought by an author. Um, now that thought by an author, that author has an intent for the person on the journey. Hence, it's a defined path. Now, take that, take that, and I want to bring into your purview a scripture found in Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, verse eleven, where God is saying, "I know the thoughts that I have towards you," and He's speaking to you, me. He's speaking in context in that time frame um, uh, to to the prophet. Uh, uh, Jeremiah as well, um, but that is that 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 applies to us. Okay, so I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good, not of evil. Okay, so that that thoughts of good, not of evil, goes back to what I was saying earlier in terms of the inspired thoughts being a be, being the inspired thoughts that are good are the inspired thoughts of God. Because God doesn't have evil inspired thoughts. This, this, that's not such. It, his, his inspired thoughts are good, not of evil. So I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to the top of that scripture, and you can Google this. Just Google Jeremiah 29, 11. Put that in your Google search, and it'll bring up the exact scripture, and you can see it um, as I'm talking through it. So I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Uh, he's talking to Jeremiah in this context. It does translate to us as well as believers in Jesus Christ. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a hope and an expectation or give you a hope and an expected end. That scripture says an expected end. OK, so the fact that this journey is a defined path, this defined path has an expected end. And the thoughts that God has towards us as it relates to the journey that he has set us on is thoughts of good and not of evil to give us a hope and an expected end. OK, give you a hope to know that this is a great this is a great path. This is a great place. You're in a great you ex, you can expect great things. You don't have to you don't have to be in despair. The hope is a positive emotion or positive um uh a positive words it connotes a positive outlook. You have a hope. It's not a doom and gloom end. It's a hopeful end. It's something to be inspired for. It's 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 something it's it's something to be uh aspired towards is what I was trying to say. There's something to be aspired towards and it's a good thing. Where you're going is good. The journey in which in the journey and the expected end that you have is is good. And so when you look out, you have hope because you know the path that you're on is a good path because the one who's put you on that good path has thoughts of good, not of evil to give you a hope and an expected end. Now, I want to I want to talk a little bit deeper about that particular scripture because when you break it apart and you start looking at the words that are in that scripture, that the the way that it reads in 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 its in its more um in it in the roots of that text is God is actually saying, "I know the words that I have spoken concerning you." 
words, good words, not evil words, to give you a hope and an expectation. And I think that's really, really important to understand and to see that scripture in that light. And to and and when you break that scripture down and you look at each of the words, you will come across the fact when he's saying thoughts, those thoughts are words and those words are expressions of thought. Okay, so as a man thinketh in his heart, this is a, I think the scriptures in somewhere in the Proverbs, you can Google it and you can find it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And going further, there's another scripture in Proverbs that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, so as, so as, so as, so as one is thinking in his heart, uh, the mouth speaks. Now, uh, Oh, oh, he, uh, I hesitated there because I, I'm, I'm, I wanted to think about something. Um, there's a Hebrew word. I want to say the Hebrew word is leb. Or, and, and, mean, and it's heart. The Hebrew word for heart is leb. Um, what's important about that is in Hebrew rationale and thinking. Uh, and um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go down this path. In Hebrew rationale, thought, or expression, there is no difference in between the heart and the mind, the brain, the thought center of the human. There is no difference. So there's one word to express both the heart and the brain in its lab. Okay, so it shows the inextricable tie between thought processes and, and the physical heart itself and the connection between the physical heart and the brain itself and that what's happening in the brain is a, has an has effect on the heart. What's happening in the heart has an effect on the brain. The brain, the stress in the mind, the, the cortisol that's released when certain thoughts go on, all the different things that from a chemical perspective that happen when thoughts and the synapses fire in the brain, what they can do to the body that has a direct impact on the physical heart. And in like manner, the physical heart beating and 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 pushing blood throughout the body and especially to the brain has an impact on how the brain functions the heart's not beating or the, or the heart's not is not it doesn't have the capacity to push enough blood to the brain it can deprive the brain of the nutrients and and the blood flow and the oxygen that's supplied in that blood flow and all the other tertiary activities that happen as a derivative or as a result of the blood being pumped through the vessels in the brain and being able to pass through the brain, it can cause some parts of the brain to die off uh, and, and have problems. This is why in, in if you've ever heard of somebody uh, actually actually being, uh, uh, you know, suffering a heart uh, condition or heart injury, cardiac arrest or something like that, where the heart stops, uh, that, that, that time in which the heart stops, it's so critical uh, to get it back going because if that heart stops, what typically would happen if the heart stops for, so, for too long, even though they get the heart started back up, the result 
of that then is because the heart has stopped for so long, the person is then brain dead because that time frame in which that brain was not receiving that blood flow caused for elements of the brain to die off uh, and, and not be able to be, um, I'm going to say resurrected uh, for lack of better terms or to be brought back. That's critical. So there is a tie in between the heart and the brain. Okay, this is also why it's important for you to, to you know, protect your heart. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a scripture that says, uh, "Guard the heart with due diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life." I think there's a podcast where I talk a little bit more about that too, and I would implore you to go back through the library and find that. I can't tell, I can't tell you readily what that what that was, but the, it, all that is to say that there's a tie between the heart. And the and the brain, okay, uh, and so so that's critical to understand and for you to have in your head. And so when we go back to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and God says, "I know the words," so 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 the so so the thoughts and the words all tie together. Now I'm I'm, I'm going to go back over that again because 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 you could have gotten lost in how do we tie up the fact that heart word thoughts and words all come out of this text in Jeremiah 29 11 for one study it break apart look at the Hebrew word thoughts that's used there study that and you'll see that what's 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 expressed there in that scripture is not a think a thinking thought but more so a spoken thought that came from from thinking okay so 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 what's happening is in a transitive active sense that that scripture Jeremiah 2911 is 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 actively declaring and it has motion to it in a progressive way that's saying I know the words that I've spoken towards you listen at that I know the words that I've spoken towards the towards that that's that that connotes velocity that connotes motion. That connotes um, a movement. It's not stagnant. The words that I've spoken towards you uh, are, is saying that, 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 that the words are being sent in your direction. But then the words, when they hit you being sent in your direction, are actually setting you on a course or setting you on a defined journey, setting you on a path that's bringing you to an expected end. Now, I, I said I want to go back over that, uh, a, a few scriptures, and I want you to see how this all ties up because they support one another. So Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you hope and an expected end. And then I went back over that, and then I brought out the fact that thoughts that's being used there is really uh, an expression of not a thunk thought, but really a thought that is expressed in words. So when we come back to that scripture and kind of reword it, rework that text, if you will, it would say, uh, I know the words that I've spoken towards you. God is talking to Jeremiah, but it's also applicable to us. I know the words that I've spoken towards you. I've spoken good words concerning you, not evil words. Okay. Uh, so, so back to inspired thoughts. These are positive inspired thoughts, not evil inspired thoughts, because God has spoken good words towards Jeremiah, not evil words to give Jeremiah a hope and an expected end. So to give Jeremiah a hope that when he looks throughout the outlook and he looks forward in his life, he has hope. He doesn't have despair. 
he, he has this woman have despair because they don't have any hope. They don't know. They don't have anything to look forward to. But the fact that God has spoken good words towards Jeremiah or good words towards you and me, then we have something to look forward to, which gives us hope. OK, it gives us hope. Uh, and, 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 and then the fact that it gives us hope, it also gives us an expected end. Uh, uh, he gives us hope and he also gives us an expected end by way. This is God giving us hope and an expected end by way of the words that he has spoken towards us. Now, pause with that. I want to go then back to the, to the Proverbs scriptures that I brought out. I do not know exactly where they're at in Proverbs, but you can Google them. They are in the book. I know that for sure. They're in the book. One of the things, one of the scriptures I brought out is, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." Okay. So, uh, and, I, and I talked about, and, and just kind of recapping a little bit, I, I talked about in in Hebrew thought and expression um, uh, and and uh, rationale. There is no difference. There's one word that describes both the brain or the mind and also the physical heart, and it's the same word, lev. It talks about the same thing. So there's no difference in between the heart and the mind. So that also talks about the inextricable tie between the heart and the mind. Okay. Uh, uh, and thoughts and expression. So all those things are tied together. Now, that was one proverb scripture. I'll say it again. You can Google it and you can find it for yourself. Um, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, the other proverb scripture, and this is all going to tie back to the Jeremiah scripture and, and show you how we how we blossom out of Jeremiah and tie these things together. Besides studying the fact that the word thought that's used there is really more more an expression of words and tie that up to what we're talking about here in Jeremiah. I'm not Jeremiah, but in Proverbs, where the other Proverbs scripture I brought up was uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. OK. So, so, uh, 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 and what the mouth is speaking are what's in the abundance of the heart or the mind. The heart and the mind are tied together. It's almost like uh, this is in, in in a Christian context. This example I'm about to bring up, uh, uh, some people may frown upon, but 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 if people are, are truly honest, they they, they they will get what I'm saying here. Uh, if 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 you've ever heard of someone being inebriated. Uh, from alcohol consumption, uh, drunk from alcohol consumption, how you would, uh, uh, some people would call alcohol consumption truth serum, you know, give, give them the truth serum, you know, and then as that person is inebriated and drunk, then they start to say things and those things that they say could be crass, they could be hurtful or whatever it is, but what's, 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 um, what's not there, uh, in, in, in an intoxicated person is that ability or that cognitive or that part of the brain that causes for them to put up the filter to filter what they say. Okay. But because the brain and the heart or the mind and the heart are all tied together, what generally happens when a person is inebriated, they speak more truthfully without the filter. And so the, the truth that they're speaking without the filter is the actual ethos of their thoughts. And so what you will tend to see out of an inebriated person or intoxicated person is how they really feel. 
because without the intoxication, and I'm not suggesting that you go out and get people intoxicated so you can get the truth out of them. But um, what I am suggesting is that that filter, that lack of a filter often gives you the true expression of what people are really thinking. Uh, I think this is one of the, um, uh, uh, it, it, I, I have a, a couple of people that I know that are close to me that are, um, uh, that are impacted by autism. That's uh, one reason my wife and I, we support autism research uh, and those different things. Uh, but, but what I want to say about that, uh, one, one of the individuals I, I, that, that I know is an individual who uh, is, would be considered a high-functioning autistic, uh, higher on the spectrum, meaning uh, that they, 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 they versus the other end of the spectrum where you have someone who may be affected uh, with autism and they don't talk at all. Uh, uh, the other end of that spectrum, and, and 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 let me say, let me complete that out. On on the one end of, this, of the spectrum, you may have a person that's effect, affected by autism, and they don't talk at all. They can't do for themselves. Um, uh, they're, uh, they're underneath a constant care, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I I I have uh, I have someone in my family who is on that end of the spectrum as it relates to autism, and I also have someone in my family who's on the other end of the spectrum who we consider to be high functioning, meaning you know they can do for themselves may carry a job uh you know can be in a reg- operate uh in a regular vocational setting uh reg- regular educational setting etc cetera, etc cetera. and but one of the things that you will notice uh uh if you've ever if you've ever been close to anybody who has been impe- affected by autism is that they tend to not have that filter uh when it comes to expressing thoughts uh, and so you may hear someone, uh, someone uh, who is autistic talking, say something that in 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 a general mainstream society, they would say, well, that was offensive. Uh, that person is being offensive or that person is rude. Uh, and but if you don't understand the context in which that person is operating out of, uh, then then you will you could default to the fact that that person is being rude. But in all actuality, that person is just being completely honest with no filter. Uh, and and so uh, the, that that that's the different there. That's the difference there. And so so when what happens is you get that true ethos and thought. And so going back to the scripture, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That abundance of the heart is that true, unfiltered. Um, that that the, the real thoughts that that person is really thinking—that's what comes out of the mouth. That's what per, that's what that person speaks. That's what that person says. Now that and what they say, it can be offensive or it can be building up somebody. And now, what's important to understand is that when God is speaking to Jeremiah, tying this all back together, when God is speaking to Jeremiah, he's saying to Jeremiah, and he's also saying thus to us as well, he's saying, I know the words that I've spoken towards you. I have spoken good words concerning you and not evil words to give you a hope and an expected end. So, Understanding that, knowing that, and understanding that, and digesting that, and 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 mulling over that, and thinking about that, so where it's indelibly written upon the tables of our hearts, you can, as a believer, this is one of the powers 
powerful things that we have the benefit of as it relates to a believer in Jesus Christ because the, the path that God has set out for the believer in Jesus Christ, the believer that's tied to him is that he has a he has spoken good words concerning them and not uh, concerning us, I should say, and not evil words to give us a hope and an expect and an expected end. That 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 hope and that expected end is, is connoting the journey that we on that we're on. Remember, the definition of journey is a defined path. This is a defined life that God has given us is a defined path that that has an expected end. Okay. Now that 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 end is not necessarily speaking to a time in which there is an end, although that that, that may be part of it. But also, what really what really is more so spoken of in that expected end is that in the end of the course of the life that has been given to us, there is a place and there's an impact. There is a there's an expression that that life has had has had that is what God expected that life to do because the life that we have that has been breathed into us is the breath of life that has been given by God and that is an inspired breath that has something uh, tied to it that's inspiration that's tied to it that that's its purpose tied to it that inspiration and purpose all those things are tied together so so I, I, I really want you to go back and listen to inspiration and purpose the wonder twins because it's going to tie to this uh, to this particular installment you'll, you'll see the connection in between the inspiration and the purpose the inspiration and the purpose in the journey as well okay so so you're on a defined path you, you you're, you're on an inspired journey now now the question may come up well how do I know what the journey is how do I know what my defined path is and 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 you can mull through that thought and 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 I would implore you uh, under the guise and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to, to, to pray and ask God, what is that defined path that you have for me? And, 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 and the reason why I think it's important for you to, to, to kind of have that conversation and to, and to kind of get your mind uh, thinking around what is that defined path is, uh, is because, because the, the course of life that we run or that we're on uh, throughout the course of life, there could be many distractions. There could be many things that can come along the path that tries to distract you. Or there even can be people that join you on the path that you think should be with you throughout the entire duration of the journey. Now, I, I, wanna, I want you to bring your mind around that thought that I just gave about this this path and what what path you should be on and who's on that path which with you and where you're going on that path I want you to bring into your mind this analogy I think it was very helpful for helping me to to uh, prepare for the explanation of what are we talking about with this defined path and this journey uh, if you've ever been I don't know if you pay attention to this if you've ever been if you've ever been on a highway uh, particularly an interstate highway uh, and you've been traveling along sometimes uh, you, you you may be on that interstate or you may be on that highway or you may be on that path uh, uh, um, and the highway Highway may have a, a name. Let's say you know it's Interstate, you know, seventy, um, 
Um, but along that path, you, you know you're on Interstate 70. You've been seeing signs periodically that says you're heading on, you're heading north or south or whatever direction you're on on Interstate 70. And you'll see that periodically. That's just markers uh, to let you know uh, to, to, that you're still on this, you know, Interstate 70. Uh, and sometimes what you'll see as you traverse along some paths is not only is this particular path that you're on right now, Interstate 70, but it also is Highway 29. So Interstate 70 and Highway 29 intersected or merged somewhere, whether, you're rec whether you recognize it or not, or whether you were on that path when it merged or not. There are times when Interstate 70 may inter intersect with, with Highway 29 or whatever number I just said, uh, and those two are going parallel on the same path. And then there's another part, part of that path in which those two diverge and then go into their separate pathways again. Interstate 70 becomes Interstate 70 again, Highway 29 becomes Highway 29 again, solely Highway 29 and solely Interstate 70, and they're not merged together on the same path. And I hope that makes sense to you because this explains uh, in life as you're traversing on your journey, on your path, there will be times in which your path may merge with other individuals who will come along your path for a little while. You may have, you know, individuals that you uh, you forge relationships with maybe in an educational setting, in school, grade school, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You know, there's some people that have been, been with the same people throughout their entire educational journey from, you know, from kindergarten in the 12th grade but then in 12th grade you know their paths diverged and then one went off to whatever college the other went off to a different college they were in two different cities two different states two different nations wherever the wherever that whatever happened whatever the whatever that individual's journey was it took them down a different path or caused for their paths to no longer run parallel together they're now running in diverged directions because they have a different defined path okay and so this is what happens on the journey of life is you have you have you have times in which you're on the same pathway with somebody and then you have times in which you have uh, those paths diverge. You have times in which you you may merge up with people and they may be with you for years. But you also have times in which you merge up with people and it's just an interaction in a in a, in a store setting. It was a high and a buy and a short conversation in the checkout line at the local grocery store. And that was a five to six minute interaction. And then that was it. And then you got off of that path and you guys, you guys went in diverging pathways. But the impact of that conversation or that brief relationship had a profound impact on you uh, that 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 is further um, enhancing or uh, or taking you along that journey because it can prompt inspiration in you. Now, I want to I want I want to bring up I want to suggest to you that the inspiration that you have, those positive thoughts, those positive inspiration, those positive inspired moments that you have, I would like to suggest to you that those inspired thoughts are actually the breadcrumbs that are leading you down the inspired uh, uh, down the defined path or it, it, let me take down out because it can connote that you're spiraling in a negative direction um, the the inspired thoughts that you have uh, uh, 
trigger you to take certain actions in life or the inspired thoughts you have just may be an inspired thought in you, that you have, but you never, never turn that inspired thought into action. Remember, wow, this is powerful. Remember the inspiration that God, or the, the words that God has spoken concerning Jeremiah are spoken towards Jeremiah. It, so it, 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 it connotes a, a, a direction that's coming from God to Jeremiah. And if it's coming from God to Jeremiah, the, the natural progression and the flow of that is that if it's coming from God towards Jeremiah, the velocity and the speed at which it's coming towards Jeremiah is actually suggesting to Jeremiah to go continue forward or continue progressing in that inspired thought on the path in a progression. I, I, I need you to see this because this is really important. Let's say um, you are, the, the analogy that came to mind is in a workout setting, maybe at a CrossFit gym, maybe you're in a gym and you've got, you've got the trainer or your workout partner, they're working with you and they're throwing the medicine ball, uh, between you, uh, uh, back and forth. You guys are throwing the medicine ball back and forth. Someone takes the ball, they pick up the ball, the medicine ball has weight to it. You thrust the medicine ball towards the other person, the person on the other side catches that, catches that medicine ball. But what I want you to understand is that the, the forward thrusting motion of you taking that medicine ball and pushing it or thrusting it forward towards that other person, even though they may be facing you, the velocity at which that medicine ball and the weight of that medicine ball coming at that person who is catching it, even if they're facing you, pushes that person in the direction, even though they catch it, it pushes them in the direction in which that ball is coming towards them. And so if you were to take that and and if that person was to take that and let's say they were catching that ball and they weren't facing you and you were to hit them from with that ball from behind, it would thrust them forward in the same direction of that ball in which you threw at them. And so uh, that, that context and that, and that framework, that mind, I want uh, that, that, uh, that rationale, I want you to take into this context in which God is saying to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 11, and is therefore saying to us, I know the thoughts that are, I know the words that I have spoken towards you. And God sending those words towards you is suggesting also that as they hit you, it's sending you in the same direction in which those words were coming towards you, which would mean it was coming out of God's mouth towards you. And if it's coming out of mouth, God's mouth towards you, then when it hits you, it's taking you on forward in the same direction in which the words came out of God's mouth towards you. I hope that makes sense because that's, that's, that's what's happening. So, so these inspired thoughts that God has and he is speaking and he's giving you are actually uh, words and expressions that are taking you along your defined path, i.e. your journey. 
Okay, and so as you as you are moving along this journey, you're getting inspired thoughts and those positive inspired thoughts. And it's very important that that I keep saying they're positive inspired thoughts. If it's a non-positive inspired thought, then that's not a thought that's been given by God, because the thoughts that God has spoken towards you are good thoughts, not evil thoughts. And it's important that you see that that differentiation in Jeremiah 29 11 because because it's it literally says that in the text I know the thoughts they said it literally says that in the text the text says I know the thought that I know the thoughts that I have towards you thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and an expected end okay or said differently or in, the, in the context in which the word in which that 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 uh, scripture is there is God is saying I know the words that I've spoken towards you I've spoken good words not evil words to give you a hope and an expected end okay so 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 the inspired thoughts that God has given you or is giving you are positive that that's that that's the differentiator It's a positive inspired thought uh, that God has given you and and you are to then carry out that thought now I want you to see something else because this is going to further those are all Old Testament uh, 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 scriptures that I was bringing out in Jeremiah 29 11 the book of Proverbs uh, book of Genesis talking about the inspired and the breathing in into into uh, Adam the breath of life uh, all that stuff is Old Testament I want to bring you to a uh, a, a a New Testament scripture and now and quite honestly I do not remember exactly what it is that I can I could look it up but I just want to flow for just a moment and you can look it up just search it in your Google searches I've, I've kind of alluded to before but there's there's a there's a, uh, a scripture that says um, uh, the hour has come and now is when they that worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and what I want you to see about that scripture, uh, and I'll say it again, the hour has come and now is that they that worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth. What I want you to see about that scripture is this particular, the word spirit that's used there. Um, that word spirit that's used there actually means to breathe out. That's very interesting because when you think about inspiration being something that's breathed into and you think about this context of worship and worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth is is actually uh, the, 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 the act of worship is breathing out. Because because in order to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, the the, the the worshiping of him, the word spirit that's used there is actually to breathe out. So in worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, you have to breathe out that which is breathed in. That's worship. OK. Uh, and so I, I think it's very I think it's very apropos that you understand that that worshiping God or an act of worshiping God is breathing out. That which he's breathed in you and, 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 and more, more practically that breathing out what God has breathed in you means you need to live out and follow those inspired positive thoughts and put those inspired positive thoughts into action. Just like God's word is sent in action towards you. OK, so you take those inspired thoughts, put that into action and carry out that positive inspired thought. That positive inspired thought then is sending you on uh, along the trail of your journey. And as you follow those inspired thoughts, 
I don't think the context, I don't think it, you need to have a particular focus on what is my journey, what's my defined path, what you need to have a focus on is staying in tune with those inspired thoughts because those inspired thoughts are spiritual thoughts and those spiritual thoughts is the Holy Spirit working in you and giving you thoughts because uh, because God God gives us thoughts. He gives us uh, um, He gives us inspiration. There's a scripture. I, 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 I you hear me the hesitation in my voice because there's a scripture I was thinking about, but I can't readily bring it up in my head. Um, uh, it was it was concerning uh, the inspired God gives us thoughts. Uh, yeah, God is a scripture. I think it says uh, something to the tune of God gives us the desires of our hearts. He He gives us the desires of our hearts. God, God gives us, that's inspiration. There's desires that he gives us, but those desires come from God, okay? Those are, those are inspired, those are breathed into. Those desires are breathed into, so those desires become forms of inspiration. And so you may have a desire to, you know, uh, to be a positive impact in your community and, you know, set up a, you know, a, 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 a social institution that is, you know, uh, you know, reducing the rate of recidivism, you know, for 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 for, for ex inmates um, or. Um, you know, you could have an inspired thought or desire to, um, you know, see, see young kids, um, uh, be, be more in tune with who they are and express uh, themselves in a more true fashion or encouraging, you know, people to just, you know, be whatever. I'm just kind of spitballing some examples out there. I think you are getting an understanding because I think the Holy Spirit is breathing into you inspired thoughts even now as you're listening, uh, uh, listening to this podcast installment. There's inspired thoughts that you're getting and uh, or you're recognizing was an inspired thought and that you need to act out that inspired thought because you acting out that inspired thought or carrying out that inspired thought or putting into action that inspired thought, which ultimately means you're going to live out that inspired thought or take that inspired thought from a thought and make it make it manifest in the natural. So you see the thought actually lived out to its expected end is uh, you, 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 I think you will recognize that there's things that you have uh, have had inspired thoughts about, but you allow for those inspired thoughts to lie dormant and you not enact or act on those inspired thoughts. And so I think that the Holy Spirit is giving you inspiration and reigniting those inspired thoughts in you so that you are then now going forward forward and living out those inspired thoughts. And as you're living out those inspired thoughts, those are the breadcrumbs along the trail of your journey or your defined path. So again, I don't think it's more, I don't think it's important so much to, to try to figure out where is the path. I don't think it's important to try to figure out where is the path. I think the path is already defined and God is leading you towards that path, or I should say along that path with the inspired thoughts that he's giving you because then the inspiration is what's igniting the purpose and the purpose is igniting the inspiration and all that stuff is tied up into a defined course of life and an action and a plan and expected end that God has towards you. Okay, now I want to transition into closing this out because all of that um, that, that, that we've released in this podcast installment is, is readily applicable to those who have already put their faith 
in Jesus Christ. Okay, those who've already said yes to Jesus have accepted him has understood that Jesus has, has came into this world to be, to be the perfect sacrifice to fulfill all of what we couldn't fulfill as it relates to the law. Uh, and what it took to mean to live a perfect life and this and, and then in living a perfect life, what it, living a perfect life entitles you to uh, if you can live a perfect life, uh, which is uh, um, living that perfect life entitles you to eternity spent with God in heaven. Um, uh, and the fact that as mankind, we, we can't live out uh, a perfect life in and of ourselves because we 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 were flawed in in the in 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 how and how things and and when Adam uh, sinned in the beginning. So when Adam sinned, he broke the perfectness of humanity, and then as a result, those who came after were imperfect. Uh, having the need to be perfected and the only one that could perfect us in order to bring back the right restoration and the balance and the reconnection back to God is God himself who is perfect who had to then come into this world uh, through a virgin uh, uh, and, and live out a perfect life in which he did and then go to the cross to pay the ultimate sin for the imperfections of humanity having all of the sins of humanity being imputed on him so he who knew no sin became sin so that we can be beneficiaries of his righteousness and we being beneficiaries of his righteousness ultimately sets us in a perfected state uh, for all intents and purposes, when God looks down at humanity and sees a person who has believed in Jesus Christ and, and what Jesus has done, and then uh, the ultimately has been uh, what the, the, the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice that Jesus has made on the cross and in, in, in dying for our sins, having that appropriated appropriated to their lives then causes for God to then look down or look into the earth realm into humanity and see people covered in that precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed and that precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed covers and atones for our sins and brings us at one with God, which brings us back into a perfected state. Now, it, it, it requires, however, that you have to believe all of that, which I just kind of in a short form gave you about what salvation is. Now, if you have not believed that, then what the benefit of what salvation has provided for you, uh, as provides, I should say, is not available to you as a non-believer, but it is available to those who are believers. And these these inspired thoughts in this defined path, that expected end is for the believer. That expected end of having hope and an expected end, that is an entitlement of that person who has put their self or put their life or put their uh, who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, who which then which been putting your faith in Jesus Christ has then appropriated the sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross onto your life. Because what happened is Jesus exchanged his perfect blood, put it upon us, and in exchange, he took 
our sin and the effects of that sin and it was put upon him and that's why the 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 beating that he took upon the whipping post by the Roman soldiers was so grotesque and so emaciating and it was so tragic it was so vicious and violent that the scriptures talked about the fact that he was beaten so badly that his literal insides were hanging out of his body he was beat that bad because that's what it took in order my goodness that's what it took in order for the sin of us to be put on him that's how ugly our sin is that was put upon him that's what it looks like that's what sin looks like if sin is painted before you as a picture that's what it looks like that vivid imagery of someone being whipped with hooks that hooked into flesh and ripped the flesh out and ultimately continually being whipped with those same hooks of cat of nine tails that is now tearing out the inside because it's ripped away the flesh. Now it's catching and ripping away the insides and intestines and bowels and different parts of his body being ripped out and, and lashes on his back and 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 the the scourging and the, and the beating that he took he took all that for us because he so loved the John 3:16 says he so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but shall have, have everlasting sight he gave he gets everlasting life he gave his only begotten son to be offered up as a sacrifice to have imputed upon him all our sins and as a result the blood that flowed from his body when he died that came out the blood and the water that blood was spilled out which then ultimately covered us as human as human and it's so interesting to be the fact that he that God is lifted up Jesus is lifted up Jesus God Holy Spirit all the same we're not getting into that theological concept of the Trinity but what I want you to see is that the fact that Jesus being lifted up upon that cross is elevated in a sense in this picture he's elevated up on a cross and there's people down beneath him that 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 are standing and looking up towards him and the fact that when the Roman soldier pierces Jesus in his side as as a as 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 a way to test is he dead or not and, and the fact that he pierced him in his side and then there was no reaction out of Jesus it was signified to the Roman soldier that this man is indeed dead who is on this cross but what's interesting is that the blood flows out from this elevated Savior who is on a cross it flows out of his side and then down onto the people who were beneath that's the picture that you need to understand that 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 the sacrifice that Christ has made that's what that's what that's what happened that perfect blood that has flowed out out of him is now spilling upon us and covering us that when God looks down at heaven having turned his turned himself the to turn himself from Jesus and 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 and, and, that, and that turning it says in the scriptures that that the, even the sun refused to shine in that instance in which God turns away because the sin that was imputed upon Jesus 
so bad that God couldn't even look on his own son because it was so bad. Not that, not, not that, not that he couldn't, he couldn't, um, couldn't look at him but it's because what it what it means to look at um to look at the savior uh and and what had to happen in order to reconcile or to bring back bring back at one humanity it took this 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 grotesqueness this imputing of the evil of humanity and the sins of humanity onto uh, the Savior so much so that God couldn't look on that evilness and 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 the face and the sun refused to shine at the same time. But but the result of that is that the 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 the, the, the perfect sacrifice that was required to atone it, it to atone for that sin or the sins of all humanity had to be offered up. And the blood spilled, spilling out, um, is spilling out and 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 covering mankind who is beneath who is beneath Christ, uh, elevated on that cross, and ultimately uh, covers and brings us at a one. But we have to at, at atonement, bringing us at one. But we have to appropriate. We have to believe that Jesus actually did that for us, and so. Um, there's a lot of hesitation in my voice there because there, because there's there's so many other uh, I was going to say rabbit trails but that, that I, I don't want to have the wrong connotation the wrong thought that comes out of that there are other trails that we would need to go down uh, to help you to understand even so much so the typology that played out even in Old Testament sacrifices uh, and things that were done with with innocent animals. Uh, but if we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, uh, it, we, you, I think you can readily see that the blood of the innocent animal, when Adam sinned in the garden, when he sinned, that what 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 remedied that sin. Uh, in that instant and brought an, an, an atone and covered for that was the slaying of an innocent innocent animal and the and the blood and the coat and the coat of that innocent animal be, being put upon Adam uh, and the blood being put upon Adam and Eve that ultimately covered the transgression that they made by eating from the tree they weren't supposed to eat of okay so that in and of itself in that time frame in which it happened in the old testament was a was a was a type a shadow and a foretelling of what it would take in order to to in order to bring forgiveness to all humanity for sin okay so now all that is to say if you have not already given your life to jesus christ this is an opportunity for you to do that with that understanding with that Knowing what it took, knowing what Jesus did because he so loved us. In John 3, 16, he so loved us that he got, God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Understanding that, believing that, and appropriating that uh, into your in, uh, into your life uh, brings you into salvation. It brings you into righteousness with God. The Bible says to us, if a man confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in his heart that he is risen from the dead, 
uh, that he shall be saved. And so what's, what's beyond the fact that he died upon the cross is, is the fact that he was also buried, but in three days he rose again from the grave. And so the, 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 the belief in that narrative, in that story of a person, a perfect person dying, blood being spilt, that blood being spilt uh, to appropriate for my sins, that blood being spilt upon me uh, because I'm I am represented by the people who are at the foot of the cross looking up to Jesus and that blood spilling out, believing that narrative and then also further believing that he was buried and then he and that he was indeed dead and that he indeed rose again on the third day with all power in his hand, believing that narrative and believing that story is the criteria for salvation. And so if you have made that decision, and even in the context of me talking about this, and you and, and the light has went off, and you and you have made and you see and you understand, hey, Jesus has done this for me. I believe that that the scriptures say that you are saved. And now as a result of being saved, what we've been talking about, the inspiration and the defined path and the hope and the expectation and the hope and the expected end becomes available to you too as well as us uh, who are believers and so if you've made that declaration uh, as as Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior um, then then when welcome to the, the to the to the family and I was going to say the church family because the church is not the building that you go to uh, and 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 worship indeed the church is are those individuals the church is the collective the collection of those individuals who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and and are therefore saved and so I want to just lead you if you don't mind for those of you who have not yet made that decision I want to just lead lead you through just a quick prayer uh, and and just uh, through that salvation message uh, and, and then give you another opportunity uh, to 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 give give your life uh, to Jesus Christ and so that prayer would go something like uh, Jesus I, I I know that you were perfect uh, and you you lived a perfect life you were born uh, of, of a virgin um, you you are God incarnate uh, and and you were born of a virgin you lived a perfect life and then you went to the cross on my behalf and all of my sin past present and future was put upon you you were you you were punished you were bruised you you were you were ridiculed you you were you did all that on behalf of me because it was justly due to me but you took it upon you because you so love me and you and you want a relationship with me and a connection with me and you can't have that connection with me if I'm not in a righteous state because you don't have any fellowship with unrighteous and so I thank you for the sacrifice you made to give me the opportunity to come back into fellowship and to in right standing with you. And I believe that you are perfect. You died for my sins. Blood spilled out of your body and covered me. You were buried and you rose again three days later. I believe that. And as a result, and as and as a, and as as your scripture says, if I believe those things, I am saved. I thank you, God, for what you've done for me. I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. 
I am saved and I'm thankful for it in Jesus name. Amen. And so uh, if you made that uh, declaration is your first time, I would say again, welcome to the church family. You are a member of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. Okay, the, the church is not the building that has a name on the outside you walk in the doors of. That's not the church. The church is the body, the collective body of individuals who have made the declaration that Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, and are therefore saved as a result of that. The church are those in the collective body of all those people, me, other people like me that believe in Jesus Christ and other people like you now that believe in Jesus Christ and what he's done, we are the church. So I would challenge you to, to think a little differently as it relates to going to the building that you used to call church because that building isn't, isn't the church. You, so, so in other words, you don't go to church. You are the church that is going to worship the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, And also you're worshiping the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by living out those inspired thoughts. Because the hour is coming now is when they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay. So thank you again uh, for joining us. Uh, I would say if you, if you would, if this has been impactful for you, I'm just going to ask you, hey, s send this, share this with other people. Uh, we've, we, we publish this podcast in many different modalities, if you will. It's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available in your Google Podcast Store. It's available on Spotify. Um, it's 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 available in I think it's available even on Amazon podcast. Um, you can get it from you know uh, the, our website. Um, there's many different ways in which you can get and consume this podcast. Uh, but share it, share it with other people. If it's been uh, a blessing to you and it's been impactful to you uh, and impact you in a positive and indelible way, share it with other people because they need to be impacted too. Because our mission as a at Ecclesia United. At Ecclesia United is to do what God has called for the church to do. And he's called for the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And to them that believe, they'll be saved. And to them which don't believe, they'll be damned. That's our mission. That's what Ecclesia United is about. It's literally just preaching the gospel. The last part of what we talked about in terms of what Jesus did, and for those of you who are not aware... The, uh, uh, for, for what Jesus did and the sacrifice he made upon the cross and him dying for our sins, being buried and rising in three days later, that's the gospel. We have to get that message out to people. And that's what Ecclesia United is about, getting that message out to people. And then also after they get the message out to people, it's also helping for people who have the message, who understood the message, and it's grasping and gained it. And they understand uh, that, that, that salvation message is also then allowing for them uh, this podcast and this Ecclesia United design to enable individuals to live out and th th the, the benefits that we have in life. Final thing I'll say is this. Um, I told my wife here recently, and I say this a lot. Um, I'm one of those type of people, like if I have a benefit, I'm using my benefit. There is no use in just letting my benefits stack up unused, okay? Because we have a life that life has a has a time span on it and what use is it to live life out and you've had benefits all your life and you never 
enjoy those benefits. Whatever those benefits are. Whatever they are. Imagine imagine having, you know, access and the benefit to, you know, uh, you know, a million dollars sitting in a bank. It's a benefit that you have. It's being a part of a royal family. But let's say you never lived, you never drew from those benefits. You never accessed that benefit and used it for yourself. You just you just left it there. And come to find out you could actually use that. And maybe there were times in which you actually could have used some of that a million dollars for something you needed, you know? And you never accessed that benefit. What good would that be? What good would it be for you to have the benefit and never use it? And so my, my, my disposition of mine is if I got benefits, I'm using all my benefits. Every single one of them. What are my benefits? Reading the fine print on whatever it is. If it's, got, if it's got some stuff down in that fine print that's telling me what my benefit is, then I need to be reading that. I'm reading the fine print and I find out my benefits. And then when I find out my benefits, I'm going to access my benefits. I ain't leaving my benefits sitting there on the sideline and saying, oh, I got a benefit, but never access it and use it. I'm using all my benefits. And I believe you should do the same. So that what God has given you as a benefit, as being a saved person, in Jesus Christ, in the, in, in the kingdom, and in, in God's, in, 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 in being saved, you've got benefits. One of those benefits is you've got a hope and an expected end. You need to live out that hope and that expected end. You need to live out that inspiration and those thoughts and those words God has given towards you. That's a benefit because he's taking you along a defined path, i.e. your journey. Thank you for joining us. We will be back as we're inspired for the next installment. We appreciate you.